Hey guys, welcome to the Bailey Runs Podcast. I'm your host, Bailey Morell, and on today's episode, I have the honors of speaking to Mario Garcia Romo, who's also known as the Spanish Rocket. And in today's episode, I get to dive right into Mario Garcia about his family, what he does outside of track and field, which included his family, he likes to read, watch movies, and spend time with his friends and family. And also, we also get to, into the track and field and how he medaled at the European Championships last year in the 1500, and also training with Walid Suleiman, training with Ole Miss and their great crew coming up right now, and they are currently the best team in the country, so stay tuned for that, and yeah, see you guys in there. Alright, hey guys, welcome to the Bailey Runs podcast, today I'm joined with Mario Garcia Romo, and Mario Garcia is one of Ole Miss's best runners I've ever seen, he's competed with Waleed Suleiman, who is now a pro. And yeah, we'll leave, uh, Mario, would you like to introduce yourself to the viewers and listeners? Yeah, hello, hello guys. So I'm Mario Garcia Romo. Uh, I come from Spain, but right now I'm in Mississippi, uh, racing for Ole Miss and, and studying for Ole Miss. And yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, like another runner uh, in the Ole Miss team, trying to like, you know, break and several records, trying to put our name on top of the, of the list. And uh, yeah, just trying to do something special this year. Good. I mean, you're still trying to take down the Oregon boys. <laughs> well, honestly, Oregon is not our biggest rival this year. I would say. I, I would say like there are many other teams, but since uh, you know, like Cooper and Cole and and Charlie left this year, like now they are probably not the biggest rival. Yeah. But there are definitely like many other teams in the NCAA that you know like have great runners. Like I think today, like three guys. Uh, around 355 and two guys around 357 so you know like that just shows how deep the NCAA is right now yeah I mean we'll talk about your athletics career as we had a conversation yesterday and message and stuff you started doing athletics and stuff when you were younger so how did you get into the actual sport of athletics and cross country and stuff yeah so I think like everyone you know like I started running when I was like eight years old, I, I believe. So I started running for my middle school team, you know, like just cross country races. I even like road races because uh, those are pretty popular in Spain. Yeah. And I, I think it was like my second month of running. Like I didn't train at all. I was just like racing. Uh, yeah. So I met my my coach, uh, Luther Rodriguez. And since then he was my coach until like, I came here. So like probably like 11 years together. And yeah, just slowly, you know, like going to state meets, going to national meets, going to like bigger races and start like winning bigger races and like, you know, like getting accepted to like go with the Spanish team, going with the European team and, you know, like slowly climbing up into the running world. Yeah, it's good. So like in high school, like were you very competitive at the age of eight or was it like later, so like 12 or 14 before? Was it like at the start? I'm very competitive. So I would say since very early, like I put a lot of effort into running. Like uh, my brother was also, you know, running. So we both like kind of like shared a lot for for training and, you know, like trying to get better. And of course, I, I, I just fell in love with running since very early. So I watched every single major championship, every single major race in the world. I I was just like in love with running. So I got myself into like a pretty competitive mindset since, since very early. Yeah, that's good. And as you said, like you've been very competitive since you were young and that's resulted in you like recently, you came to the European championships last year. So that would have been very, very like an accomplishment of yours. So 
how was that? Well, I, I can second that. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was like, honestly, that was my first major medal. Like I had tried to win medals at European championships for so many times or even like, you know, like going to war under 20s or uh, workers country championships. And it was finally like the medal I was looking for, you know, like I was trying to make the Olympic team and I didn't make it for less than a second. And they offered me the, the spot in the in the Spanish team for Europeans under 23. And I took it because I was like, yeah, I just I just want to try to win a medal and I want to try to win gold because I was the fastest guy in the field. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I came really close to to winning gold, but it was a really hard race. Uh, I think it was like 21 people in a 500 yeah. race. So, you ran so that's a lot of people. And you? you ran 335, didn't you? Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. So I ran 335 uh, two days after the Spanish trials. And that's when I, you know, like that was the last opportunity to run the, the Olympic standard. So that's when I decided to like race at Europeans. And I mean, at Europeans, I just tried my best. It was also like after a long season. So, you know, like I, I was kind of looking for a, for a vacation period. And honestly, like silver medal, I think it's a great accomplishment and the perfect way to, to finish my season. Yeah. Or talking about young young self before the European Championship and going to Mississippi and being competitive with some of the best athletes in America. How was it like, what was your most memorable race when you were younger? Like what got you into the spirit of you being very competitive to you are today? Huh, that's that's a good question. Uh, I think there's one race when I was uh, 14, 15 years old. I, I think it was the Spanish Championship. Uh, for my age group and I won I won my first Spanish gold and I remember that race I was so focused I was just like I was trying to like measure every single detail like I I often joke with my with my parents and like with my yeah. coaches and, and my teammates I thought I was more professional that day than any other day in my career and uh, I think that was like you know like that was the point where I started to like really get serious about running it was very early but I and I mean, I just wanted to like be the best, and and I won the I won the gold that day, and since then, like I've been just trying to to be that guy. Yeah, I mean, I saw an interview yesterday on um YouTube of you and how the coach of Ole Miss um was like you had your mindset so strong. He'd never seen you so confident in when it came to the indoor season. How was the training during lockdown and COVID and stuff? Because I know you said you didn't go home during the time period. How was it training, well, or did you? Well, it was it was different than anything we had done before because uh, yeah. uh, since the pandemic started, I think it was like March 2020, especially here in the US, uh, like school shut down, we didn't have any races in the next probably like eight months. I was coming from an injury and we just didn't know where to start, like we didn't know what to do. So we just started doing like long runs, far legs, like we didn't, we didn't even touch the track until like probably like four months later. So we just, we were just like running. We were just like loading miles, trying to like stay in shape, but without like putting a lot of effort and putting yeah. a lot of like stress in our bodies. Yeah. And uh, then I, I got to, I got to go to Flasta and yeah. that was my first RTT training camp. And that was an awesome experience. I, I, I love those six weeks in RTT with the boys and we are like, uh, went out west and you know just training like meeting new people like hiking doing all these other activities and and yeah I mean I I think that period of time really changed my mindset I think uh, I started worrying more about 
you know, like the connections I, I make through running and like, kind yeah. of like uh, just how I, I see running instead of like focusing just on goals and trying to like, yeah. you know, like running fast times or, or winning medals. Yeah. yeah, I mean, your training really paid off because I remember watching your indoor season, you and the rest of the Miss boys. And um, I remember one race where it was just you and Cooper T in, in that, um, it was a DMR. And he had you that last 150, but you looked good until that point. How was it racing against someone like that who is now a pro now, like as a Nike and all the other Oregon boys? How was it racing against Cooper in that mile in the DMR? Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I was going into that race thinking I could beat Cooper. Like, yeah. I knew that, that Cooper was a 350 miler and I was a 356 miler. Yeah. But I was coming from uh, the SEC Indoor Championship when I won I, I won the 3K with yeah. a 53 uh, seconds slash 400. So yeah. I was like, I was confident I could beat Cooper. But when I got to the last lap and I saw the kick he had, it was I, I realized that he was like one step ahead of me. Yeah. yeah i just tried my best to like the following day in the 3k try to like you know give him a harder battle but yeah, yeah. i mean cole and cooper were at a different level that in their season yeah. well another season and yeah i mean at least we we try our best and we try to like five for you know for like the win but yeah we came sore but i'm pretty sure this year is gonna be a little different yeah i mean you boys should do pretty well since you don't have oregon i mean i'm not don't get me wrong they still have good runners but compared to Oli Miss, their your group especially is looking the best out of every other team I've seen, and that's because like I've talked to like I said, Waleed, he was telling me about how good you were, and everything, and how competitive you are and your team is. So I thought it was really good to see how Oregon, how competitive they were last year compared to Oli Miss. Oli Miss was still big and like some of the top athletes in the world. But compared to them, they were above everyone else, in my opinion. And this year, since they're out, you guys are now going to hopefully do a lot better than what they were. Like, you'll probably run faster, which is good as well. So, mm-hmm. um, Ollie Miss especially, I was watching their training and that's a school I was wanting to go to outside of, like, once I finished high school and stuff. Um, so, how was it going to Ollie Miss from Spain? How was that? Did, how did that come about? Well, it was definitely a big cultural change, uh, you know, like Spain, well, Europe and especially Spain are very different to, yeah. to the U.S. culture. And uh, well, I just chose Ole Miss because I really had faith on my coach, um, Brian Benhoy. I, I thought that he was the best coach in the NCAA and, you know, looking at past results, looking at, you know, the athletes he had, like Craig Angles, Ryan Manahan, Robert Domenic, you know, like Sam Tobin. Uh, I was, you know, looking at the price they had made here at this school, and I knew that this was the place for me to be. And uh, I've been visit the school before before I came for the first time, so yeah. it took me some time to get used to, like, you know, like the life, the lifestyle, the training, uh, traveling with the team, yeah. all this stuff. But after one year, I really felt like I was at home, and and now I can say I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm at home right now, you know, like. Yeah like my roommates are like my brothers are like they are also my teammates but i i think they're like my brothers and and that's something that i didn't expect to happen because uh i guess i i was living at my parents house until i came here so i had never had like such close friends but uh 
but yeah, it's been an awesome experience. And honestly, like Mississippi really surprised me. I think the people here is very welcoming and yeah. and honestly, all Miss is a is a great school and and I think we are like a like a big family. Yeah. I mean, talking about your room, who are you currently living with in your house? So I'm currently living with four roommates. So it's uh, Nick Mullay from New Zealand, yeah. uh, Baylor Franklin from uh, Tennessee, yeah. uh, Dalton Hands from Pennsylvania, and Anna Elkin, that yeah. is uh, Wally's uh, girlfriend. And yeah. She's from Texas. yeah. <laughs> I've had a conversation with her before. Mm-hmm. After I did that uh, podcast with Lead, she messaged me and was like, mate, I can't wait to listen to it. Because um, during that podcast, I remember one part of it, right? We went down from talking about um, NCAAs indoors to him winning the trophy and stuff in the 1500 to him bringing the camera down to buddy Everett Smolders and the rest of them. Oh, it was, mm-hmm. it was, <laughs> and we had a good chat well, about Everett that. lives. Everett. Yeah, I was going to say Everett lives next to me. If you want to see him, I, I can I can bring the computer there, but, but I don't know what he's, what he's doing right now. <laughs> Oh, but um, yeah, like we talked about Westfly and everything. I heard you were a part of that for a little bit as well. How was that? Like, how was um, being a part of like a little team like that inside of Ole Miss? Well, I think many people uh, get a wrong impression, impression about Westfly. I think yeah. you know, like obviously some some of the comments that maybe everyone makes and. You know, like something, some of the videos are maybe not very appropriate, but at the same yeah. time, uh, you know, like everybody is doing a great job. Was just like trying to keep the team motivated, like you know, like trying to like motivate people in the high school, in the high school world, especially. Like you know, like there are many kids that like reach out to him and like you know, like ask him questions about anything, and and everybody tries to give him like give him the best advice possible. And you know, like you go to like a regional meet, like re- the regional crossing meet, or like the national meet, and yeah. and kids like stop you and and talk to you, and like they they are interested in what you do, and I think that's amazing. And yeah. and honestly, like I think I think Westfly is, is a good thing for the running the running sport, and also like uh, at least for all Miss. I think yeah. I think the team has come to like come together, especially at practice, you know, because. We have the cameras now, but uh, and people think that we are acting. Maybe yeah. but that's how practice is here yeah. at Ole Miss, and I feel that helps a lot, especially to show people that wants to come to the team how the team is. Yeah. And and you know, like when we say we have fun, it's because we have fun at practice. We we try to like make running fun and try to like you know get something else and just going to like you know like meets and trying to win. We try to like you know make connections and have like like lifelong friends. Yeah, it's good. I mean, talking about lifelong friends, how about the SEC champs where you, Cole, and Walid all went one, two, three last year at cross country? How was that? I know you said you weren't really focusing on the race, but you were just winning, wanting to win, and you kicked really well. Mm-hmm. So how was it knowing that you three boys came one, two, three at SECs? Because I know it's different for each person, but, like, how was it for you? Because I know it meant a lot mm-hmm. after the race because you were in tears and it was like a big enjoyment for you and your team. How was it? Yeah, well, that was like somebody asked me like a couple months ago what was my like my favorite race ever, yeah. and and I said that race because especially it was after like you know I couldn't go home for for a whole year. I was training here in the US, and it was just like I would say the perfect race because I felt awesome in all the race. 
And I remember like with 250 meters to go when Walid really started going, I thought I was going to come in second because I, I saw Walid like going so fast. I was like, I'm not going to be able to look to catch him. But then when we got to the like the home straight, I just, I like so now, like I literally just came into this mindset of like just going, like I yeah. didn't think about anything else. And, you know, like I sprint with everything I had and, and yeah, I didn't know we were going one, two, three until I crossed the finish line. Not gonna lie, I yeah. I look behind and I saw Cole and Walid and I was like, holy, yeah. like, we've come one, two, three, yeah. and uh, and yeah, it was it was a great moment. The the only thing is we didn't win the team title. That was yeah. the main goal for this for this race. But uh, I mean, it was it was awesome to like be one, two, three with my teammates because you know like they are the guys I work with every single day. So so it was it was great to see them there. Yeah, it's good. Or oh, you said training's fun. How was training been going? Like, I know you said you, before we did this podcast a while ago, like last week, you were coming back from, you were for, you were coming back from Spain, weren't you? Yeah. 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 yeah you yeah, spent so time. I, Sorry. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I came back like last week on, on Thursday after two cancel flights. So it was a, a pretty rough uh, trip back to the U.S., yeah. But uh, but yeah, training has been going really good, really well. Uh, I was at home, so I got to train like you know in my hometown. Like uh, it's an awesome place to train. Like there's like endless trails and run. Like winter is kind of rough because the the wind and the and the cold. Because uh, yeah. we are kind of in altitude, we are three thousand feet. Yeah. And uh, but that also makes you harder. And like you know, like I I also like that about about Salamanca because it makes you train a little bit like a little bit like under your limit so when you come here to the u.s i you you feel like way better in this in this awesome weather here in the south uh but yeah then uh i came here to the u.s and i got in a car crash like last sunday with my with my roommates and and yeah like we haven't we haven't said anything publicly but uh it was it was pretty bad and and honestly it could have been way worse than it really was. Uh, yeah. Luckily, we only had like some minor injuries. Like for example, I I have some shoulder pain, but I've yeah. done a lot of rehab in the last five days, and and now yeah. it's getting better. So we are we are back in, into training, and we had an awesome session yesterday, and uh, and now it's looking looking fine and looking like we are we are on the right path. Yeah, it's good. So you spent Christmas time in Spain with your family. How was it coming back from? A year of not seeing them in the US because of COVID to coming back and spending quality time with your family. How was it? Well, it's it's great just because, you know, like I well, I love being at home. Like I'm a, a very like home person. Like like I said, my brother is also into into running. So I love to run with my brother. You know, like then like my mom makes awesome food. Like she's the typical Hispanic mom that just yeah. makes like all these different meals I made, made run and diet. And also I love being with my dad because like he gives me great advice. And also see my, you know, my friends and, and also my old teammates, my old coach. So it's, it's just great to be there. And, and also, like I said, Salamanca is a great place to train and, and also a great city to just, you know, live because there's like many things to do. So yeah. I love I love being at home and, and also it's, it's great to like clear the mind and kind of like having some time off uh, after being like away from for for that long. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So outside of athletics, what do you like to do? Because I know you talked about you like watching the soccer and everything else. Mm-hmm. What team do you support in the soccer in the European, like in Europe and 
like I know you said you support Spain, but like mm. what what team was it that you said you supported for the um year like Premier League and stuff? Well, I I'm a Real Madrid fan. Uh, I've been a Real Madrid fan for all my life, but now I'm getting more into Premier League. So I like Liverpool a lot, and also I've I've been a huge fan of Borussia Dortmund and Ajax like for a long time now i i just love those teams like how they they take young players and like they make them superstars and uh and yeah i, I also like f1 like i love formula one like especially I, I used to watch a lot when i was a kid but now that the netflix show uh, came out uh, i started watching again and i'm a huge Danny ricardo fan like i i think he's one of the best athletes in the world like i love everything he does and and yeah i try to follow it with you know like it's a little bit off schedule because, you know, like some races are like in the morning or yeah. like at night. So I cannot like follow it all the time. But yeah, I try I try to follow it. And also yeah. like I like to spend I, I like to spend time with my friends. I, I like I love to watch movies, I read books and also I'm I'm learning how to play the piano. It's like back there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't have that much time with training and yeah. and I try to use it like as well as I can. Yeah. We're talking about the soccer, right? I have a top, right? Look at this, ready? You said Real Madrid, yeah? Yeah, yeah, Real Madrid, yeah. Whose number is that? It's no number. Does he have right? a number in the back? No, oh, okay, it's okay. It's just well, a plain Real Madrid shirt. Who, who's your favorite Real Madrid player? Honestly, I don't really support the soccer, really. I have a top, but I don't really support it. That's so weird to say, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so good. I mean, you probably know. I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo is not there anymore, but yeah, he was there. I would say, yeah. yeah. Like how? Yeah, how I, I love get... I love Benzema. 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 Yeah, I think I think he's very underrated. I think he's a greatest striker, and like now he's he's starting to like pop off, and he's becoming one of the best football players in the world. It's good. It's good. So how did you get involved in the soccer like scene of things? Like how did, did you grow up watching the soccer before you got into running and stuff or? Well, I think every, every kid in Spain dreams about being a soccer player. Like yeah. I, I probably spent like 75, like even like 90% of my free time when I was a kid, like in the soccer court, like I was playing soccer all the time with my friends. And I was usually picked just because I was the fastest guy <laughs> out of my group of friends. And but yeah, then I started running early too. And since I started winning more in in running than in soccer, I just stick to running. And and here I am now. Good. Maybe I could have been a, a great soccer player, but <laughs> we'll never know that. <laughs> yeah. talking about piano. How did you come about playing a piano? Like, is that just an interest you came about during lockdown? Did you just get enjoying watching it playing it well i just started like two weeks ago i just uh i i love uh, i i love music like i'm a huge electro electronic music edm dance uh music fan but uh i also like classical music and yeah. there was a keyboard here in the house laying around and i was like well <laughs> you know I, now i have some time let's try to learn uh, piano and you know like if there's a piano in the airport or somewhere in a public space I can I can maybe show off <laughs> but yeah it's been going it's been going well but uh, I haven't put too much time on it but hopefully in the next weeks uh, I can I can practice a little more 
That's good. So what music do you listen to? Like what artists do you like listening to? Well, uh, Avicii is my favorite artist. Yeah. I, yeah. If I if I had to go with an artist, it's probably Avicii. Like I so like I usually listen to music before races. So Avicii is usually my like seventy five percent of my playlist before a race. And but yeah, uh, I also like Calvin Harris, uh, Dimitri Vegas, and like Mike Harwell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also like uh, some indie music. Like I'm a huge fan of Taz Sultana, the Australian singer. Yeah. And um, yeah, and you know, like I try to listen a little bit of everything, but I would say Abitz is definitely my favorite artist. Yeah. But what is your favorite song from him? Oh, Levels. Yeah. yeah. Levels is like the OG uh, banger from Avicii. It doesn't have lyrics, but uh, I think it's just like the it's like a perfect song for EDM. Like uh, I'm very lucky because uh, before every single uh, Olympic final, war final, or like war under twenty final or yeah. anything like that, they always play Levels in the presentation of the fifteen hundred. So it's my favorite song, and it's also the presentation song for the 1500. And I just love when you know, like when he plays in the stadium, and you know, I'm in the starting line. It's like I, I feel in the zone. Yeah, it's good. Like that, like that type of music. Like if you get it stuck in your head, like once you hear it, you just switch off completely. So, like mm-hmm. for me, I'm more into like you know, um, Juice World. I'm more into like mm-hmm. his music because it's like. It's like calm and some of the songs are up and stuff. So it's like that type of music I listen to. So it's like we've di- we have similar tastes, but like different mm-hmm. sort of thing. So how like how did you come about listening to Avicii? Was it just like a song you heard from him while like going through your playlist, or did it just always like mm-hmm. Avicii? Well, I think it's because I love Tomorrowland and I love like just seeing like Tomorrowland sets. You know, like. Uh, uh, ultra music festival like defcon one australia and all this all these uh festivals but yeah. i would say also it's because in 20 i think 2012 was the release date for yeah. labels yeah and i was i was like 12 13 years old <laughs> and i have one of these old phones that you can only have like very very few songs yeah. you know and i think levels was one of one of them and also my my brother was a huge fan of abiti so i think that's why i started like listening to him and then he became really popular after that. So yeah. So that's probably why. Yeah, it's good. So what movies do you watch? Like what's your favorite movie right now? Well, my favorite movie is Claviator. Like I have a poster in my room. And I'm that's the movie I'm watching later with my with my roommates, because uh Nick Muley, the like my roommate from New Zealand, he's never watched it. And I was like, Nick, you gotta watch this movie like <laughs> as soon as we can, because it's I think it's like one of the, maybe not one of the best movies ever, but I I just love the movie. I love the like the story behind it. But uh, I I like all kinds of cinema. I like action. I like you know Marvel movies and you know like DC and yeah. and all these uh, superhero movies. But I also like thrillers and and comedies and and horror movies. Even horror movies. I yeah. sometimes well I don't watch many horror movies, but I have even watched horror movies a lot that i think it's a, it's a little crazy but but yeah i i i like horror movies too so yeah it's good so like do you have netflix is that what you've been watching it on or just dvds and still netflix yeah yeah i have netflix because uh it's easy to have it on your phone you know and yeah. since we travel so much with the team you know i i download something for the bus or the plane and that's that's when i watch it yeah it's good because i've been watching uh netflix because i'm currently in lockdown 
like I'm quarantined right now because I um mm-hmm. I tested positive for COVID. I haven't got mm-hmm. full. I'm not fully sick. I've got mild ver- well, mild version of it, so it's not too bad. So I'm feeling mm-hmm. fine. I went for a run and stuff, so I'm feeling fine. It's just that mm-hmm. it's just knowing yeah, you have. How, how how many days of quarantine do you do you have? Um, I've been in for eight. I think now. Yeah, I've been eight days. So. Okay. Been watching, so you're, you're almost done. <laughs> yeah, been watching Netflix. Started watching a new series, which is pretty good. So, mm-hmm. what, what series are you, are you watching? Right uh, the Vampire Diaries. The Vampire. Oh, I, I'm watching uh, The Witcher. Oh. So I know. I don't know if it's similar to it, but uh, I, I I like it a lot. It's. Yeah. I know it's based on a video game, but I don't. I'm not a huge video game fan. Like I don't have a PS4 or anything. But, why don't you? Why don't you into gaming and stuff because I'm not into gaming either. I just want to hear why you're not really into it. Well, I was a little bit like a couple of years ago. I played some FIFA. I played some Call of Duty. But then I don't know. I I, I feel like I can do other stuff. You know, like read books or like you know, like yeah. learning how to play the piano or stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And uh, I just I decided to sell my PS4 and you know like trying to get into into like reading more books or like you know like watching more movies or stuff like that yeah well what are you currently studying at OMS well so I just finished my degree in chemistry uh last December and now uh I'm doing general studies that is a major that consists on three minors and I just uh I'm taking classes about uh disaster science uh classes about nutrition and class about journalism because I want to kind of like, you know, like I've been grinding in, in school for some time now and I kind of want to have a easy semester and trying to like, you know, like take classes that I'm very interested in, but don't necessarily count towards anything. So yeah. I'm taking, for example, sports photography because I want to learn how to use a camera. I'm taking public speaking because I want to learn how to like communicate better with, with people. I'm taking a first aid class that is going to certificate me for CPR and, yeah. you know, like being able to like give first aid. And also I'm taking a nutrition class because I want to learn more about nutrition and how I can use it towards sport. Yeah, it's good. So like outside of all the um, schooling and stuff, let's talk about your family. So how did your, how is your family and stuff? Well, my family wasn't really into sports before okay. uh, me and my brother started running. Yeah. And uh, and now like my mom is a lot into running. Like she she goes for runs, and even though she she doesn't race that often, because uh, I mean she just races like a couple of tankers a year. Uh, yeah. She tries to like go for a run every single you know every single Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday. I think she runs like three days a week. Uh, my brother, like I say, he loves running. He started running when I was like probably like five, so three years before me. And see, I mean, he came to he came to the U.S. for uh, for NCAA's. I mean, for to to race in the NCAA with AKU, and uh, and now he he's retired, but he keeps running. You know, like he he's uh, racing at some uh, trail running races and and you know like doing other sports that he likes, like surf and like skiing. And my dad, unfortunately, he has an injury that doesn't allow him to run, but he's also very into running and and he loves to like watch track and film in the in the tv and you know like come to to our meets when we race in spain or in europe yeah it's good so Mario's just inspired his family him and his brother have just inspired his whole <laughs> family to be in the sport outside of you yeah. and your brother do you have any other siblings 
because no, no, no. So it's so it's only my brother and I. Yeah. Yeah. So your brother got you into running. I would say so. Yes, I would say that I started practicing running because uh, my brother was doing it, yeah. and I just you know like my brother, he's forty years and a half older than me, but we are like really close, and I would consider him my best friend. So you know like. I did everything he, he did, you know, like if he was running, I was running. If he was uh, playing tennis, he, I was playing tennis. So I was just trying to follow his steps. And yeah. that's why I think I got into running. So uh, honestly, it's been great to have an older brother just, you know, like to follow. Because uh, yeah. when he came to the U.S., that, that was also an inspiration for me to like try to come to the U.S. And yeah. and honestly, he took all the risks because he was the first one to like take every, every single decision. But at yeah. the same time, you know, he was uh, he was there to like to give me advice all the time and trying to like like you know like give me the like the best advice he could uh, for to take a, a good decision. You know, it's good. It's really good. So, like talking back about track and field, out of all the races you've had in America, what would be your most memorable? Uh, I would say the NCAA final at uh at Hayward Field last year that mm. was that was a race that really like it was a big change for me because uh you know like it was Hayward Field the new Hayward Field like a dream track like one of the most historic tracks in the world uh you know like great runners like Wally, Cole, uh, Jared Nagus, Elio Gibson uh you know it was also like a lot of people watching I think it was like close to like 5,000 people at yeah. the stadium at that point. And also it was one of the deepest fields ever in the NCAA. And I just remember coming into the home straight and Kohoker and Jared Nagus were like battling <laughs> against each other to like win the NCAA title. And I just heard a roar in the stadium. Mm. And I remember my hairs in my arms were, went up. Like I, I just, I was racing. I was, you know, like all like maxed out at 100% effort. And at the same time, I was like, you know, like hearing all those, you know, like Oregon fans just, you know, like trying to like push a co-hooker towards the NCAA title. That was, that was really memorable. Yeah, it's good. Or oh, I remember watching the last race, I think, that you and Waleed ever had. It was the, it was a trial. It was like, it wasn't the US trials, but it was like the race before the US when Waleed got the 335 in that race. I think that was the last race you had with each other, wasn't it? Well, that, that was the NCAA final was so, or last race together. Yeah, because yeah, uh, I obviously cannot compete at the US trials. Yeah. And and yeah, that was the last race we raced together uh, wearing the same singlet. Uh, yeah. And honestly, it was it was a perfect end, I would say, to, you know, like all, like Wally's uh, career at all means, because, you know, like I feel like he's led this team for so long and I was trying to follow his steps. Yeah. And, you know, like getting to share that race with him, that was, that was a great, you know, award to a long season working together to, towards that goal. Yeah, it's good. I remember watching it and he ran 335 and you ran 337, was it, or 336? So Jared and Cole ran 335, uh, oh. Walid ran 337 and I ran 338. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. And the week before that, the, um, uh, what was it? It was a race that you two did and it came down to a lap and it came down to the last hundred. I think this, uh, that was, that was the regional mid, maybe. Yeah, the yeah. East that. regional. Yeah. 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 And I remember we, watching that race. 
yeah, we we were in the same heat and yeah. the top five people qualified. So the day before uh, me and Wally, we were just talking and we were like, what if we just take it out from the gun? You know, like let's 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 make this uh, a hard race for everyone. And yeah. you know, like we we know that we are the fastest guys in the field, and maybe that's gonna be the easiest way for us to qualify. And yeah. we told our coach, he agreed. And then the following day, we just, you know, like I took the first 400, he took the second 400, I took the third 400, and and then he just finished it out uh, with the last 300. And I remember in the last stretch, like I just felt like a lot of people were coming from behind. And I was getting so scared. But at the same time, like Walid opened up a little bit to the right and we we closed, uh, like, we closed together and we, we crossed the finish line together. Yeah. Well, you know how you got the um, NCAA trophies and stuff? Do you have them in Spain or do you have them in America? So right now they are sitting in a corner in my room because uh, oh. I'm going to ship them home. Yeah. Yeah. So I have all my trophies at home. Uh, we have a room that has like, like some memories from like, you know, like older uh, races and, yeah. you know, the Spanish championships. So I want them to be at home and probably I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send them home soon. That's good. Out of all the, uh, this is going to be very, because I'm pretty sure Olympics haven't changed the kit as much. But why? What is your most comfortable or go-to kit in a race? Mm, I wear half tights for yeah. every single race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started doing that uh, maybe like last year, I think, for cross country season, uh, 2020 cross country season, yeah. and. I just love wearing hot ties. Like I wear them for every single workout and race yeah. now. And, yeah. uh, and then I like to go with singlet, but I've also wore uh, some speed suits. Some of them are comfortable. Some of them are not. So I try to like stick to the hot ties just because, you know, it's my standard. So uh, yeah. I think, I think that's my favorite racing kit yet. Yeah. It's good. It's really good. And your Ole Miss traditional colors, like what is your favorite race kit you've been given from only misses of the old red or the old blue uh i would say the powder blue the uh, the light blue yeah. yeah with the with the red buttons i think yeah. that that kid is it's probably one of the best looking kids in ncaa honestly yeah. i know that oregon's kid is like really cool the one with the dog and the one with the forest but yeah. I honestly think our colors are some of the best colors in the ncaa yeah well talking about like back when craig Ingalls was back to school he they had the same colors so it's like Ole Miss hasn't really changed the colors. As I've seen Oregon, they've changed a lot of the colors. They've gone from the old like kits where they used to have, just have the dark and it used to be like that like nice green to like having it really dark and they've changed it over a little bit. Ole Miss has kept it traditional. And they've just kept it the same, which is pretty cool to see. It's good to see that some schools are still keeping the same kits and or not keep they're not keeping the same kits that other people have worn, but they're keeping like that same colors and stuff because like mm -hmm. i know with um a lot of people they like you said you like wearing the half tights and the singlet i was talking to mm -hmm. Everett and he likes the speed suit which is weird because considering he does um i'm pretty sure it's like an eight fifteen hundred meter thing isn't it the speed suit yeah yeah, yeah. I well that. i think the influence of uh of jacob Ingebrigtsen is uh, probably <laughs> behind that but but yeah more more and more people are wearing the speed suits and, and yeah. half tights for for the 1500 yeah or your spanish kit where you won you came you medaled in the 1500 you wore the mm -hmm. half tights and the singlet wasn't it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. how was that 
like comfortability wise? Well, I think the Spanish kit honestly is very like very nice. Uh, I know it's not Nike or any big brands like Adidas or yeah. you know, like Brooks or on or any or any any big brands, but I think the material is great and honestly it might be one of the best singlets I ever had. Like I think I think Joma really did a good job with that with that uh, with that kit. Yeah, it's good. What talking athletics, like once you finish Ole Miss, you're hoping to go pro, aren't you? Yes, yeah, yes. yeah, that's the goal. And I think that's been a goal for, for a long time now. And you know, I love running. I like to I like to race. I like to, you know, get to travel the world racing. And also I think running is a very good sport to inspire people. You know, I feel like, you know, I was one of those kids when I was, you know, 14, 15 years old that look up to all the runners and like especially all the runners. And yeah. you know, that was like stick to the TV for the Olympic final. And now I want to be one of those runners. I want to try to inspire some, some younger kids. Yeah, it's good. Or as any of the younger kids, like you were talking about West fine, how kids and high school kids talk to him. Has any athletes in America or Spain come up to you and talk to you? Yeah. Yeah. After many races or, you know, like through Instagram, some kids, I contact you and, you know, I try to answer to every single message I get. Cause I think, you know, like, even though if I, sometimes after some races, I get like many of them, but yeah. I try to like answer to all of them just because I know there is a story behind that message. You know, like if somebody's taking their time to like reach out to me, yeah. I think I, I should like spend the same time answering that message. But yeah, yeah I mean, I, I love interacting with people, especially after, after races, you know, like I didn't see a Boulez or a regional site. So if, a kid like comes up to me and he tells me like, you know, like, like his next race or like what he's doing for training or, uh, you know, like what suits he likes the best. I, yeah. I love to like talk to those kids about that. And, and I think that's probably the best part about like, you know, being maybe a well-known runner or like being a, a figure of sport. Yeah, that's good. That's what I've been doing with the podcast. Like I've talked to so many good athletes and getting to know them, which is pretty cool to see. Like you can see like, me who's had the courage and stuff to message people and I'm hoping they message me back. Like I would mm-hmm. like that. I've had a few people that don't message me back or they say they are interested, but then don't get back to me and stuff. So it's like, it's cool to see that some people you just need to message them and you don't know what you, what will happen out of that. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's cool. Like I've talked to you now, like it's, it's cool to see how Ole Miss especially and your career's like gotten better and, it's cool to see how you've gone from being a good runner to being one of the best runners in like mm-hmm. Europe and especially in America. As you you've come an All American before, you've won you've like won NCAA trophies, and it's pretty cool mm-hmm. to see. Like, how was that? Like, how was that? Like, made you feel like when people go up to you and message you like I did, knowing that they want to talk to you. How was that? Well, I think that's honestly a bigger award than any medal or any race you can win like like i like i said been in this podcast with you you like you live in australia i yeah. i'm from spain literally yeah. the opposite sides of the world yeah and you know like that you are interested in my life that just shows like you know like i just i'm so thankful for that and i really thank you for for you know like wanting to talk to me and uh and i think you know like that's just an award for like all the effort you know, I, I've been 
put in for the last years and you know like getting to know you for example is is awesome and i think yeah. that's worth way more than any medal that, that yeah. you can win yeah i mean talking outside of like running and family and stuff like shoes shoes wise mm-hmm. right so we've had i've talked to people before some people prefer the um victories some people prefer the dragonflies what is your opinion on the whole shoe game so I see you wear dragonflies a lot more than victories. Mm-hmm. Is that a choice or have you tried both of them and you prefer the dragonflies? Well, it's more a recommendation from my coach. Uh, yeah. I haven't tried the victories personally. I always uh, wore victories until last year when the dragonflies were released. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, about this, uh, you know, shoe talk, like all yeah. the, you know, like the benefit that people say, I, I think that the shoes are not behind the increasing performance of every like athlete in the world i think you know like after the pandemic especially like people is training smarter and also maybe in the NCAA especially like we are using our time more wisely i think we are preparing better and also we are like you know like planifying like planning the the season a little better than than we used to do yeah which is good like it's good to see that shoes have changed over time, but I hate when people say that, yes, they do give you an advantage. I'm not saying they don't, but I'm just saying I hate people when they say it gives you advantage, but then they don't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Personally, because I've heard, listened to interviews before and it's just annoying hearing people like, yes, we know it gives you an advantage, but like you're choosing not to wear the shoe mm-hmm. to give yourself yeah. an edge, like compared to everyone else. Like, I just feel like if you are trying to say that, yes, it gives you an advantage, everyone knows it gives you an advantage, but you're choosing not to do it. There's no point of you complaining and making a point out of the whole shoe thing. Cause like that makes it so much worse out of the whole thing. Cause like back when the next percent and that got banned off the track because of how high the stack height was to be fair, I agree mm-hmm. with that rule. You shouldn't be able to wear 40 mil um, <laughs> foam on yeah. the track. <laughs> Yeah, but, that, that seems a little too excessive, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, I don't know, it's just, in my opinion, I feel like if, yeah, I understand it makes you, it makes you better as, in some way, but like, if you're not choosing to do anything about it, there's no point of you, like, whinging and trying to make a point like, yo, you shouldn't be allowed to wear these and stuff, even though they've been, you're allowed to wear dragonflies in races because mm-hmm. the world athletics have allowed you to. Like, that's, yeah. like, my point of the whole thing. What's your point of view on the whole shoe thing? Because, like you said, where everyone's sick of the whole shoe game and stuff. But, like, mm-hmm. what's your point of view on it since you are an athlete that wears dragonflies? Well, I think that definitely has to be some regulation coming from yeah. World Athletics. I think, like, like as you said, like, for example, 40 millimeters uh, drops are a little too excessive. Yeah. But I think that... Um, you know, we are paying too much attention to, to the shoes yeah. instead of the athletes. And what the shoes are really doing is they are allowing us to recover better. Because at yeah. least personally, I feel I recover better after races when I wear certain shoes, you know, or like after workouts, uh, sometimes I wear spikes at the end of the workout and I feel better wearing those spikes than in the past. So yeah. Definitely, there has to be some regulation, and I, I think there are some new uh, rules uh, about shoes in uh, coming from the World Athletics this year. But but yeah, I think I think that's that that we have better shoes is a step forward for for yeah. the sport. It's good, yeah. 
goals, right? Goals. So are you aiming to go to the World Athletics Championships in 2022? Yeah, uh, I would say that's the main goal this year. Yeah. Uh, coming sore from making the Olympic team last year was really a, a boost in uh, motivation for this year. I think, you know, like when I started my season last year, I didn't really see myself making the Olympic team just because, yeah. you know, my personal best at the moment was 342. And... Yeah you know like the standard right now is really hard it's 335 but right now i see myself as you know capable of running the standard and also capable of making the team for for spain even though we have a like very very good runners in the 1500 right now uh but yeah i think that's the main goal and also another goal is uh you know winning the NCAA title outdoors and indoors i think you know like i wanna i wanna win those titles for all means i i wanna try to, you know, like um, win those titles for the first time for all means in the, in the mile 3K or, or 1500. And also we have European championships this year. So I would like to, to make that team too. And, you know, if I go to Europeans, I would like to try to win a medal. Yeah, which is good. Like, like coming from a 17 year old who, which I am, it's good to see and hear people like you that are having a goal and they, sh- they sh- are, quite possibly capable of getting those goals because like mile NCAAs you should be able to do that I think you are by far one of the fastest runners currently in the NCAAs and the only person that would probably challenge you in my opinion would be Elliot Kipsang so yes, I, I agree yeah yeah so like that coming down to that it, if you race the way that you race because you race strategic I know you have endurance and you also have speed Kip saying relies on his speed more than his endurance, which we saw in the uh, NCAA 1500. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, if you race it strategically, like go out hard even, because like I know a lot of people in that field won't be able to keep up with you because of how fast and how strong you are compared to other athletes, which is like good to see. And like also European champs, you should do well there as well. And also worlds, I'm pretty sure you'll get the world qualifier. If you don't, I'll be very surprised. But, um, yeah, I hope, yeah, like you're more than capable of getting those, like looking at your times from last year and working towards those goals that you have just told me, like, it's quite possible you should be able to create history at OMS this season, like this year. Mm -hmm. Like, it's cool to see, like, your times from last year improved so much. Like you said, 342 and you got down to 335. And that's only because you work so hard to get there and because of the team you had. Like, how has your team especially helped you achieve those goals? Like you said, the coach has helped your teammates with encouragement and support and, like, making training fun. Like you said, it's not all serious all the time. Like, you have to enjoy the sport. Otherwise, if you don't enjoy the sport, you're not really living up to the expectation of being a runner. So, like, how has that helped you? Well, I think team is very important in running. I know it's this uh, individual sport mostly, you know, but at the same time, uh, having people to train with, like especially now, for example, like I mean, last year I, I trained with Wale most of the time, but this year we have 10 almost milers under four minutes. So that's, that's just like an impressive group of men, just, you know, like, you know, training together every single day of the week. 
and trying to you know like accomplish the same goals yeah. and people maybe think it's competitive and yeah. that maybe like at practice we we race against each other but that's not true like we we help each other we motivate each other and sometimes in one workout maybe you're feeling bad and one of your teammates comes and you know tries to like motivate you and like tries to like push you forward and tries to like get you through the workout and maybe other workouts somebody's feeling bad and you go to that person and you know like motivate uh, you motivate that person to like finish the workout and yeah. uh and i think team is a big part of of this sport and honestly i'm grateful that i have such a you know such a great team and we have such a such good runners in at all miss right now yeah it's really good like like i've seen the progression of early miss from craig ingles to will lead to now you like those three generations, different types of athletes. Like you have Craig, who was an elite athlete from high school. He ran sub 150 in the 800 and was fast in the 1500 as well. Yet we lead who was a great runner who ran, I'm saying around the same times as you last season and then got down to 335 and then medal. He came third in the NCAAs and then made the US trials being sponsored by Brooks, like that's such a big achievement now down to you. We went down from 342, like last season, came second in the European champs in the 1500, wasn't lucky enough to go to the Olympics, but you worked that down to 335. Like, like Ole Miss, what they're doing right now is so cool to see. Like even with not even outside of middle distance, like you've got, um, John as well, who's an 800 runner for you. Mm -hmm. He's been doing really well. I've seen him train really well. Everett's doing his own thing right now with West flying and running and everything. And then watching Will lead, who's been injured and then come back. And then they've just gotten a new runner at Brook Beast. Like, it's just cool mm -hmm. to see how well Ole Miss have done with their athletes over the years. Yeah, I, I think one of the main, like one of the best things uh, Ryan Benhoy, my coach, has is that he really knows how to develop runners. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we have people like coming freshman year with a 415, 410 personal best in the mile, and they become 355 runners. You know, like, for example, my roommate, Bella Franklin, Yeah. he went from 410 to 359 in the yeah. mile, or like 152 to 147. Yeah. And it's not that only case. There's been more cases like that in, in this team. So. Uh, I think that's one of the best things uh, my coach has. And honestly, I think it's a great program to to develop as a runner. And especially, you know, like having your birth results when you are older, when you are a senior and you, you know, you're coming towards the end, uh, towards the end of your NCAA career. Yeah, which is really good. Like I've seen America, especially like their athletes, NCAA systems, amazing. Like you've got athletes all over the world racing at different schools. It's pretty much you run the world champs. Like, it's just NCAA is what they're doing is pretty much teaching athletes once they go to America and go to college over there, what it's going to be like racing at world championships, especially. Because, like, you've got some of the best athletes that have gone through NCAA in history, and now they're running, they've made Olympic teams, they've medaled even at the Olympics from the NCAAs. Like, it's just cool to see how athletes, especially in the NCAA system, go through their college career and then watch them develop as a pro and then get better and bigger and watch them even medal at the Olympics, which is like, it's just so cool to see like America, what they're doing, especially. And I know a lot of schools, Ole Miss, Oregon, 
um, uh, Florida State, like they're all doing big things like in America. And it's just cool to see how they're developing their athletes, like you said, um, teaching them to get faster and work better with a team and knowing that your team can help you and support you. Like that to me is like the coolest thing you could America and colleges could ever do. Like you just give an experience to athletes, especially like you've come out and you've got more, you've got more encouragement and you've, you've like you, your support that you've got now is unreal. Like I've seen you, especially like we said with times, you've gotten faster and I'm not saying you went fast before, but like your times now are like coming in with like some of the best athletes in the world and not many pros, especially can run as fast as what you've run in college. Mm-hmm. So I know some yeah. that haven't even been able to run 335, even though they've been in mm-hmm. like sponsorships and stuff for years. Like, it's just cool to see what college is actually doing for some athletes, especially you, like you've gone and medaled European champs. You've, demolished your 1500 meter time by like six seven seconds like it's just cool to see yeah and i would say one of the best things uh the ncaa has is the competitiveness because you get to race against some of the best like you say runners in the world like every single weekend and i know the schedule might be a little busy you know like i raced maybe like 26 times last year in the in between the indoor and other season but at the same time you're learning uh things that you don't you don't learn through practice like yeah. you're learning how to race uh you know when to kick when to make a move when to wait and how to be like calm before a race how to go through rounds you those things you don't learn them through practice and i i feel dancing is a great place to to learn yeah out of all the schools i know you you're going to only miss but did you get the op- option to go to any other school in america or was it just only miss yeah, so I, I got many offers. Uh, some of them were from bigger schools. Some of them from, were from smaller schools. Yeah. I had some schools in mind, but Ole Miss was one of my top choices yeah. even before I got offered by them. And, and yeah, I mean, when I received an email for from uh, Coach Benjo, I just decided to, to come here. Yeah, which is good, like, like you said, and that's probably because of the team spirit and what Ryan's actually done to build up his athletes. It's just pretty cool to see how some schools, especially they may not be the biggest, but the smaller schools can end up being one of the biggest athletic schools and cross country schools in America. Like mm-hmm. you've got some of the best athletes. Cause I know, um, I they bring in, um, Wesley, um, is it Wesley Kip Rudo? Mm-hmm. Wesley Kip too. Yeah. Wesley Kip too. Like he's, he's demolished some records already and he's still going there yeah and it's like cool to see like especially in cross country because that would have been really cool to see because i'm pretty you got to race him in cross country didn't you yes yeah, yeah. so uh, we raced together uh at NCAA this year yeah how was it watching him like be one of the best athletes in that field racing with one like someone like him mm-hmm. well so NCAA cross is just a crazy race like it's insane how fast we go out. Like I think we we run something like one fifty eight for yeah. the first hundred meters of the yeah. of the race. And, first K was then, like thirty or something. I was like bloody hell. Yes. And moving. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's very hard to race that race. Uh, you know, like you just try to like get out fast, get in a good position, and then settle. But at the same time, that's you know that settle is at like four thirty per mile. 
So yeah. it's a really hard pace, and only the best prepared runners can can hang in there. And and honestly, uh, I think cross and simply cross more a race for like five k, ten k runners, like really yeah. fifteen hundred runners can like uh, succeed in in a ten k cross country race. But you know, it's awesome to be part of that. You know, like big crowd of runners. You know, I think it's two hundred fifty five runners. Yeah. You know, going at two thirty pace for the first k. That's that's just an awesome experience and i mean you what you see from outside is just as good as you see from inside it's you know like an experience that that you don't get to like you know you don't get to experience in many places in the world yeah well, wesley i know he just broke um one of their records one of his country's records in the 5k it was like 13 40 or something 14, yeah yeah i think the 5k indoor uh in the record yeah yeah it was him oliver hoare who's also australian and like a few mm-hmm. others it's just it was just a big race you just watch the you watch some of the best athletes race against college athletes like wesley in the 5k it's just mm-hmm. it's cool to watch how someone like him can end up doing something as good as that because like mm-hmm. him at ncaa's he didn't look as good in my opinion in the 5k's outdoors as we saw mm-hmm. him he didn't even come in the top three like you had him, you had Cooper T, Lewis, and someone else. Athanas, Athanas Kirkup. Yeah. yeah, who took it out with like three laps to go, and he looked good. He had like mm-hmm. 20, 10, 15 meters on the rest of the field, and he just came down to the lap. And it's just cool to see how, like, especially Cooper and Lewis go head to head in that last one hundred. But like, mm-hmm. like he said, like with that last kick that Cooper has, like you saw in that DMR. It's hard to compete with someone with that extra, that, that extra speed, especially watching Cole. Holy crap. I've never seen someone finish as strong as what he did in that mile that he um, got Cooper for in that indoor. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. They definitely know how to race and yeah. they are great finishers, both of them. And, you know, uh, it was very hard to race against them last year, but I think we did a great job trying to, like, you know, like, reduce their chances and try to like beat them in the last home stretch. But yeah, like you said, like they are, they are both great finishers. Yeah, exactly right. And like, like you said, like we were going on about with your running career, like you will be able to compete with them one day, like up to their level and even beat them because like, yes, you might go out harder because you can hold that pace and you can have, Mm -hmm. you still have a kick as for some athletes. Like I know it's going to be a bit hard to take down Cole, especially Cooper because they've just they just know how to race and even if you even if you race that DMR differently indoors he still would have found a way to make it faster or slower because that's pretty much what it ended up being and it mm-hmm. pretty much played into his hands and you couldn't really do much about it because like he's just he's just in that zone where if you try and increase the pace he won't budge it's just hard to do that and like like you were talking about like you've right you've trained with some of the best athletes Olympus and Americas to offer and it's just like that training with Willie especially because I know you and him had a great connection with like friendship and you trained really well with each other and you just you two worked really well with each other especially once you two raced indoors and then ended up running bloody cross country like you guys yeah like your you guys mindset especially is like off the charts like Athletes like you, Waleed, Cooper and Cole, like you four are by far the people that I most know 
who have the mindset of like a champion in other words because like you guys just know how to cope with fatigue and even if you're tired you'll still run like that to me is like only some athletes only have that capability to cope with that and like you four especially have coped with it really well yeah thank you i mean i think that one of the most important things i've learned in the in the last four years here at the ncaa i think is you gotta be really calm in races and you know like you gotta be fit enough to take good decisions in the race and at the same that, that requires just to be calm you know like you could see that for example Cole at the u.s trials he was boxed in with 100 meters 150 meters to go and he just swing out and you know like start kicking and that just requires confidence like me and walid at regionals uh you know like leading leading the whole race and getting to the last home stretch and kicking that requires confidence that's that's just being calm taking good decisions uh putting a lot of confidence in your training and knowing that you can be you're the best guy in the field and and that you can win the race yeah or also right with you and walid how would it be if you ended up being joining his team with Brooks? That would be pretty cool to see you two go through the charts. Like I know how Oregon they got all three: Charlie Hunter, Cole Hawker, and Cooper T. All with Nike. How cool would it be if you got you and like you and Walid at Brooks? That'd be pretty cool to see. Like it's just cool to see how athletes would actually be able to do that because I've noticed a lot of athletes, especially if they have a good connection with people. Um, they ends up bringing them up into the same team as them because, like, Morgan McDonald and Oliver Hall, they were both went to Wisconsin. One of them was once for Under Armour at first, and Oliver was still at like Wisconsin and stuff. And then once Oliver left and got a sponsorship with On Running, Morgan ended up leaving Under Armour and going to On Running because it's like it's cool to see that brotherhood, especially to come and train with each other, especially and be under the same brand. It's just cool to see. Do you reckon you'll see yourself doing something like that? Well, I'm I'm still very open to you know like any any offer. I think like I said, like I just want to be a professional runner that can inspire people, that can you know like do something different uh, for the sport. I can you know like so uh, another side of the sport. And if that's next to Walid, that'd be great. If it's in a different brand, that'd be great. But yeah, I mean, I I just want to be a professional runner. And like I said earlier, I just want to you know. So my talent in running, but at the same time, like what I have to offer. And yeah, and yeah I mean, Walid is uh, in Brooks right now. He's having a great time. He's uh, He has a great team with Joe Scare and many other great runners. And I'm pretty sure he's going he's gonna to do great this year. I, I cannot wait to see Walid racing others. Yeah. I mean, did you see he only just came back from a Achilles sort of injury that he had for two weeks? And mm-hmm. I messaged him because I have his number and everything. And I was like, how how are things going? Because I just saw you posting. He's like, yeah, I've been injured and I'm just coming back. It was just like a little. He felt something and he just wanted to rest it for a little bit, and which he did. And then he's come back and training normal again. So it's like it's cool to see, like, especially having the connections that I've had. Like I've talked to some of the best runners, like I said before, and it's just cool to see like a different side of people's story. And like I said, like. Yes, like two weeks ago, I had Devin Allen on. I had, I had no idea about hurdles. And I learned so much about him, hurdles, and what he does outside of actually athletics. Like he has a podcast with Clayton Murphy. It's like, 
it's just cool to see like athletes, especially because they had it. They have like a brotherhood now. And I was talking to him with about Mitch Modern, who he went to college with, and he's mm-hmm. helped him with YouTube and editing and stuff because he's like the editor for podcasts, which is pretty cool to see. So it's like that. Mm-hmm. It's like really cool to see, and yeah. Well, I think it's great that there are more podcasts now. I I feel like it's a great tool just to like, you know, like we are doing right now is we are two people that love running, just talking about running and, you know, life. And I feel that's awesome, especially when it comes from professional runners, because like we were talking about earlier, sometimes professional runners seem a little too isolated, you know, from the external world. And there are many, you know, kids and, other running fans that want to know how their lives are and you know i think that it's great that there are some podcasts out there right now like you know like the coffee club or like sit and kick by your scare or you know like like the podcast you were mentioning from devon allen and clayton murphy you know that's that's just great and it's a great tool just to like share all of the love for running yeah or is westfall actually making a podcast or are they just doing videos well, I think I I'm not sure what they are doing. I think I think they like they wanna sometimes do podcasts with like special guests like Lady with Craig and and honestly I think that podcast was pretty funny because uh, you know like Craig Craig is a really funny guy uh, and like I said like many people got to know Craig more like you know like like we get to know him here at Ole Miss and, yeah. and I think that's great that you know like Craig has a really huge fan base and. And that podcast was was really good. Yeah, well, I, I had a um, I had a podcast with Craig right a while ago, and um, mm-hmm. so I, you know how I record um podcasts and stuff and I transfer the audio. So issue with that podcast was um, there was no audio; it was just footage. So <laughs> so I did a pod. I woke up at six to do a podcast with uh Craig, and um. Mm-hmm it ended up coming out with just pictures. So you know how we're talking now, it would just be mm-hmm. like us moving our heads and you wouldn't be able to hear us. So it was like that the whole time. And it's like, shit, oh, what have I done? <laughs> so I didn't check the um, audio on the uh, podcast to make sure it was actually through before I recorded mm-hmm. it. So it's a part on Zoom because I did it on my phone with Craig and um, you're supposed to hold the win- the record and then it says come through with audio. I just press record. Mm-hmm thinking oh the audio would just come through figured out it didn't so that was that was annoying so but it was a good experience to talk about him because like we we're talking about his suvs and he was he was in an suv when he did the podcast which was quite funny and uh yeah was, he's a he's an ambassador or he's sponsored by articon which is pretty cool mm-hmm. we got to talk about that and how running was and everything which is pretty cool like that experience even though the audio didn't come through i didn't get to post it or anything it was just cool to have that talk with him because, like, I know how big his, um, like, how many followers and his, like, database and everything else is. Like, it's very jam-packed and hectic for him because of how many people would message him. It's like, mm. I still felt like it was a pretty cool experience to have a talk to him and get to know him. Even though I didn't really get to know him, I pretty much asked him questions all the time because I was a bit, I was fanboying mm-hmm. over him, which is a bit, you know, I, I've learned not to do. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so, like, that was probably one of the most fun podcasts I did with him because like, it was just, it was just so hard to get in touch with him. And then he, when mm-hmm. we finally did it and I knew that the audio didn't come to, I was like, Oh God, 
he's not going to be able to do another one. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> but yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he will give you options. He's he's you know like a very genuine guy and yeah. And also he he also he also told us that he tries to answer to every single message he mm. gets, and I think that tells a lot about him. And I yeah. think you know he's he's just a great guy and he tries to make running very very fun. So yeah. I, I bet you I bet you love talking to him. He he's just like very very fun to talk to. Yeah. I mean, you're quite fun to talk to as well because, like, we've talked about, like, running and you've talked about your life and how you got into running. We've talked about soccer. You've liked the F1 as well. We've talked about some of your most enjoyable races, your most memorable races you've been in. You've talked about the friendship and bonds you've made with the coach and your team, like, and the support you've gotten given. Like, not many athletes, I know a lot of athletes don't like talking about their athletics career and they, a lot of them aren't really interested in doing podcasts, but, like, a lot of the time, what I've been doing, like I said, I like to get to know the athlete outside of the sport because, like, to me, I feel like that's more enjoyable to listen to rather than me talking to you about, like, oh, you came second at the European Champs. How was it? Like, I know a lot of athletes don't like answering questions that they've already done, like, in the past. And I understand a lot of athletes, like, it's their job. They have to do it after the interviews and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I remember listening to a story that I got told by Stu McSween, who's the Australian record mm-hmm. holder for the 1500. After he ran that uh, Australian record in Tasmania, in um, mm-hmm. he didn't even want to talk about the race. He wanted to talk about the basketball. It's like that. Mm-hmm. That to me is like so funny. Like this guy was asking him questions about the race and like, oh, so can we like talk about the basketball? Like this guy's gotten thirty points in the last like last game. It's like a lot of athletes like to talk about stuff outside of their own sport because like a lot of the time, I know a lot of athletes like um. They like talking about it, but most of the time they get sick of talking about it like over and over and over and over again because, like, that's what the interview and other stuff are. For me, mm-hmm. what I've learned with the podcast, especially with the help of the BMR podcast, like Chris Robertson and Aiden, mm-hmm. Adam, I mean, Adam, sorry, Adam. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, they've taught me to like what they do on their podcast. They literally drink, they talk about their running, they talk about other stuff outside mm-hmm. athletics. So they get to know the person, like, the connections they've made, especially, and it's helped me learn about this as well, is they've talked to, like, some of the best athletes that you'll ever talk to in the world. And, like, mm-hmm. they helped me get with Devin Allen, which is, thank God for that. But, like, they they help you a lot. Like, I've learned so much from Chris, especially, because I did a podcast with him. And that whole time, we literally talked about the podcast and we didn't even talk about athletics for most of the time. We talked about mm-hmm. alcohol, who I'm not even able to drink yet because I'm not 18. <laughs> But he was talking about mm-hmm. the beer mile and podcasting and talking about experiences like he's had with like guests he's had on. Like the I learned something from them that I asked Devin. It's like, mate, that 2016 Olympics, because like in 2016 he went he went partying with Usain Bolt, which is like mm-hmm. so hard to do. And it's so cool to that story, especially. It's like, yeah. Cool. like, yeah, I partied with Usain Bolt in 2016. It was his birthday, he was DJing the whole party, like and then pretty much we talked for that and it was like it's just cool listening to like experiences that they've had especially at the olympics because like usain bolt everyone wants to meet usain bolt like and then yeah. i got to do that and he was telling me about the whole thing and it was pretty cool to hear that mm-hmm. and like you've said like you've met so many people like craig he's talked to you guys before it's like cool listening to stories about that like learning from other people's experiences and then using it into your like own world like i've listened mm-hmm. to podcasts and used it into my own podcast like I said like I mm. talked to you before the podcast like 
I want to get to know you as well as we'll talk about athletics and that, like we talked about SEC, SECs and like European chance. But like most of the time I want to get to know the athlete on like a friendship level rather than like a fanboy or like an interviewer that's like, they only want to interview because you're the man of the month or something like, I want to get to know the yeah. athlete rather than be like, and I'm not annoying, but like be that irritating commentator sort of thing, interviewer. It's like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's great that you know, like, you want to know the athletes because uh, if you want to see me racing, you just gotta type it on YouTube, you know, and many yeah. races I can show up. But you know, you don't really have the opportunity to talk to athletes in a personal level, you know, like get to know them, get to know how their lives are, uh, what they are interested in, uh, you know, what's their inspiration or what's their mentality. That's something that you don't see very often and i think that's something that this sport needs yeah i mean especially with you answering me with the message and stuff now we've linked up and done this podcast and we're still talking because like we're having a good conversation we're going off each other because like that's what a lot of podcasts i feel do and especially i've listened to other running podcasts before and a lot of them i get like bored about because like i've listened to some podcasts and they talk about their training for like half the episode and like then they have the guests on and like for mm-hmm. me personally, I don't really want to, people don't want to listen to me. They want to listen to the guests that I have on because like people that will want to listen to the athlete or if they want to listen to me, I can just do a 20 minute podcast talking about myself. Like a lot of the time, like a lot of athletes, especially because mm-hmm. I know with Sinky podcast, Josh Kerr, they talk, they talk to a lot of pros and they, they talk mm-hmm. about their training sometimes. Yes. But most of the time when they have a guest on, they focus priority, they prioritize their guests over their actual training, which is what I've kind of done, which is what I've done on this episode. I've let you talk for most of it. And I've asked you some questions Mm -hmm. and you just talked and which is really good to see because like a lot of athletes that I've had, like some of the first podcasts I've had, right? When I first started doing this was I'd ask them a question. They'd give me Mm -hmm. like one answer questions and then you're like, oh, that was fast. Like, oh, I was expecting you to talk a little bit longer. Mm And like, cause like a lot of the yeah. time, a lot of the athletes, especially you've done really well with this, especially you've, you've interacted with me on a friendship level, as well as getting to know mm-hmm. me outside of like podcasting. Like I'm an athlete as well. I run, I could go mm-hmm. on for ages about my running and you could go on for ages about your running career and everything. You could have like four hours mm-hmm. of you talking about your running career, going from high school to senior yeah. to college to future pro, mm-hmm. like. It's just like a lot of the time, especially with me, like I wanted to, I started doing the podcast because I have an interest in talking to people and with talking to people, I've got more confidence talking to people. Like I've gotten, I've talked to a lot of people, like I can message a lot of pros now and they'll most of the time because of how I talk to them. Like I message you, like I message you and ask you like, Mm -hmm. um, if you'd be interested in doing a podcast sometime in January, giving you like even for like an hour or so like like that giving you a time frame and knowing what you're going to do during that podcast is good for the actual like guests you're trying to get on because if a lot of the time guests like you could message a person say come on the podcast like to me that's like rude and you're like not really giving them anything because they might leave you on the scene most of the time because it's like you're not really interacting with them personally because you're like you're messaging them like you want them to come on the podcast if you want them to come on the podcast you need to show them what you're going to give them 
in return to come on the podcast. Because like what I did with you was like I messaged you, I asked you questions about your you especially, like your family, what you do outside athletics. Mm-hmm. And some of the, like where you're from from Spain, how was it like coming from Spain to America and like those types of things that will at least get a response from because like you're interested in their life. You're not interested mm-hmm. in their actual sport as such, be interested in their life and how they got to be this good. And that to me is like yeah. more, that to me is like more, a lot of the time you'll get more guests and people like that mm-hmm. you end up connecting with outside. Say if I go to America, I can talk to you because you know who I am now and we can have, like, yeah. we can talk. It's like that sort of friendship. Like I could, I can message people because I've got connections now. I've talked to this guy from, he was one of my first guests on the podcast and I still talk to him. It's like that friendship. We've had phone calls before. I've messaged with lead. I've talked to him before. It's like those connections mm-hmm. you, you keep with you. Cause like, you know how important mm-hmm. that friendship is and how much, how hard it was to get them on. And then once you have them on and you get to connect with them, it's like that cool friendship. Cause you're like, mm-hmm. you could ask me anything on Instagram because we're now friends in that friendship sort of zone. Mm-hmm. And like, unlike yeah. say, say I, um, I messaged you and I was like, I want you on this podcast and give me like, an hour or so and then but you have to um you have to follow me and you have to share me on your story it's not like that Mm -hmm. i don't really care about the i do care about the audience but like it's more if i get option and the opportunity to talk to someone like you and get to know them Mm -hmm. that's more enjoyable to me than having them follow me or have them share them on the story because like most of the time a lot of podcasts, especially they, a lot, I know a lot of podcasts, they ask you to share it on the story. And to me, that that's like it. Mm-hmm. That's not right. Because like, that's just you asking them, oh, thanks for coming on. Um, I'm now using you for like clout and stuff. Yeah. That's not yeah. I, I mean, I think it's great that you're doing this, you know, because at the same time you're growing the sport. I think they're giving us, you know, like a space to talk and a space to like, you know become better known and become more popular and reaching more people and yeah. i mean you're doing this because you love it and and you know like you're like you said you're getting to know like many many good athletes and and their lives and becoming friends with them so so i think yeah. that's great for for the sport yeah especially with running especially like you've got some of the best podcast people that i know like chris shaves who's serious mag the connections he's had and the interactions he's had with actual athletes is like beyond having the followers like it's good having the followers and stuff but like it's not all about the followers it's more about connecting with the audience as well as the got mm-hmm. as well as the guests because like if you don't connect with the guests and you just blabber on about everything like oh you did this this and this and i'm going to tell you about my life and it, i don't know i just feel like that's personally that's not the road i would go down because like I like talking to people like I've talked to you. I've talked to some, I've messaged some of the Ole Miss boys that are in your team and they've replied to me and like Cole, Cole hasn't actually, uh, he gave me his phone number, funny story. And uh, we'll organize him to a podcast and um, he didn't end up getting back to me because mm-hmm. I think he was busy with running and stuff and other stuff. And yeah, it's like that type of thing. Like it's cool to connect with people because like another person that I did get on that I was so happy to get on like, I got Genevieve Gregson on, who is 
like Ryan Gregson's wife and she's like so hard to connect with. Like she has a lot of followers and personally someone that like me, you wouldn't expect someone to interact with someone like that. But she messaged me straight after I asked her and she knew, she knew who I was like that to me is like so cool. Morgan McDonald. I've talked to him before. Like, it's just that like, it's just knowing that you've done a good job and talking to them and you know that you've done a good podcast. Like I know for a fact that this podcast may not do, it will do well, but it's not about doing well. It's about getting to know the athlete. And if you get to know the athlete, that's more important I agree. Yep. knowing what they've done. So like, yeah, you may just say this, say you may have the world record, right? And you're asking him questions the whole time about the world record and the training going into that world record. A lot of the time, a lot of athletes will be like, yeah, 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 sick. Um, this is what I had to do and stuff. And then once the interview is done, they don't communicate with you ever again. To me, I like communicating with my past guests still. Like, it's just cool to have that connection because, like, most of the time, if you just message someone on Instagram, you don't really talk to them after the podcast. That to me is like, mm-hmm. that to me is not right. Cause like the guests that I've had on, I still talk to, to this day. Mm-hmm. And it's like that, yeah. it's just knowing that they've, they've actually interacted with you and they know who you are and they will respond to you. Cause you know, they know that you will not ditch them just because you mm-hmm. did the podcast with them. That to me is yeah. so cool and to keep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, we have really good talk about, you know, like, or perspectives in running like or lives just like getting to know each other and also like the people who's going to listen to this can get, get to know us yeah. so i think i think that's great and like you say uh now it's like we know each other and you know i live in spain you live in australia maybe yeah. someday you are in spain maybe someday i'm in australia and you know like we can meet for a run or yeah. or we can you know drink a coffee or something like that so yeah. i think i think that's great and and that's a great connection and all of this is because we love running and, yeah. and you know, because, because we want to share that love with, with the world. Yeah, exactly. So that's all I've got for you, Mario. I really appreciate you coming on and having a chat with me and hope the audience got to learn more about you inside your life, outside of athletics. Cause like, it's cool to hear your story from your brother got you involved in athletics and now you're doing so well in the athletics game. Cause like you are by far one of the, best Olympus athletes around and also in America right now because like mm-hmm. you may not be from America but because you're in Olympus you are one of the best athletes in America right now and like you said mm-hmm. you're trying to win the NCAAs for the 1500 and stuff like you should be able to do that and like I said Ali keeps saying we'll probably be the closest to you in that like in that sort of race so like I really appreciate you coming on having a chat to me and I really hope you enjoyed the podcast um mm-hmm. so Thanks, guys, for listening. Um, this is Mario Garcia Romo. And Mario, would you like to do the honors in uh, closing out this podcast? Well, I thank you for having me. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. And of course, I hope like the listeners enjoy to, you know, like, to listen to, to this podcast and get to know me a little more. And hopefully, yeah, this season will be full of you know, like many races, many good moments. And, and hopefully, we can get to do this uh, again in the future and we get to know i mean we get to talk about other other stuff that has happened yeah uh thank you mario again and uh guys if you haven't already follow mario garcia romo i'll put the link in the description of where you can follow him on instagram and stuff and keep following his journey in athletics games so thank you again mario and i'll see you guys in the next podcast see you guys